With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. the fuss and tell me what's a happening. This is Pyromaniac Mo coming at you with the Pyro Light Podcast episode 20 baby. Today is Friday December 4th and we are heading into the midst of week 13 and I'm drinking a Valverde. That can only mean one thing. It is Friday night and I'm not at school and I am off the hook. One good thing about this is I've got all the latest practice reports are in and all the latest Huey Lewis in the news and notes for you ready to get you set to win week 13 and head into the fantasy playoffs. As you know by now, you can find the whole Pyromaniac crew on iTunes, Spreaker, and Stitcher. We've been accepted on Google Play. We're excited to uh, unleash some new formats in the coming months, some new partnerships that we are diving into, so Pyromaniac Nation is a-growing. As always, you can join the regular boys on the Heavy Podcast. Today, I'm doing the light solo, so you never know what's gonna happen. You can follow me on Twitter, at PyromaniacMo, P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O, and come on over, ask me questions, I'm always interacting, uh, especially Sundays, I love, uh, Shooting the breeze with you guys via Twitter. The rest of the crew is at Pyromaniac. That's P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one, A-C. And before we get going, we were treated with some Booker T in the MGs performing Green Onions. Now, a song that many people attribute to canned heat, but alas... Booker T and the MGs were super cool old school. They played backup for legends like Wilson Pickett, Otis Redding. In fact, their bass player, Donald Duck Dunn, uh, can be seen in the Blues Brothers movie, and he's been with this band for a very long time. And now, before we dive into the Huey Lewis and the News and Notes, a word from our sponsor. Fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want. Just pick your sport, draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play, so you're never stuck with the same players. Over $1 billion can be won at DraftKings.com, and you might be the next big winner. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code PYRO. That's just P-Y-R-O. All new users to DraftKings receive a deposit matching bonus of up to 600 big ones, which releases at the rate of play. You also get a free $3 game voucher. That's on DraftKings.com. Promo code PYRO. All right. You know we're going to start off with it, so let's just get it over with. 
the Thursday night recap. The Lions v. Green Bay. Well, if Devin Taylor didn't just Doomerville that game for us. But before we get to that horrific moment, let's just rewind a bit. Detroit comes out rock city. They go up 17 zip in the first quarter. We're going to do it again. We're getting it to Rodgers. We're sacking them. Uh, The Lions have them flustered. I say we as though I'm affecting the team, but you know, fans, you feel like you are. Um, He's getting hit. He's getting intentional groundings called on him. Suffice to say, things are going well. Heck, they're even throwing single coverage at Megatron. I mean, Sam Shields, really? Come on, man. Now, I understand. Look, no knocking Sam Shields. He's a great corner. Um, He's not given up a touchdown all year. Until last night. When Calvin Babyface Johnson put on a toe-dragon, ball-grabbing performance, Mr. Sam Shields, you have been called out, sir. Even cheeseheads have to admit that was a pretty, pretty touchdown grab by my pal Cal. Don't get me wrong, Sam Shields, he's no slouch. Pro Football Focus rates him in the top 30. For cornerbacks. However, Calvin Johnson is ranked in the top three for wide receivers. In fact, the touchdown that he grabbed put Calvin as the most scoring wide receiver against the Packers. He just took the lead from Randy Moss. In case anyone has caught on, yes, I'm delaying the inevitable here. I realize the end, right? The first half was a thing of beauty. Then the second half, Detroit added a field goal in the third and a field goal in the fourth while the Packers put up 27 points in the second half to win the game 27 to 3. Packer fans have to admit it was not always a thing of beauty. I mean, the Starks fumble, he fumbles it forward into the end zone. Cobb falls on it for a touchdown. As a Cobb owner, I'm not complaining, but as a Detroit owner, I'm crying in my shower this morning. Uh, There was the end. Uh, Boy, if it would have just, if I had just shut that TV off with four seconds left, I'd have been a happy man, at least for the night. Now, I alluded to this earlier. Rodgers, he heaves it towards the sideline. Zero ticks on the clock. They lateral a few times. Somehow the ball ends up back in Rodgers' hands, basically where they started. And then Devin Taylor tackles Rodgers high. Now, in the ensuing tackle... Rodgers' helmet and face mask becomes discombobulated. Now, it did look like Taylor committed a face mask penalty at first. But when you watch the replay, his hand actually grabbed Rodgers' shoulder, not the face mask. Once again, the flag is thrown. There's no putting that puppy away. So they get the penalty and untimed down. Rodgers is now 15 yards closer. They can actually get the ball in the end zone. Now, what I don't understand is normally they plug in Megatron when the other teams are going for a Hail Mary to jump up, knock it down. That did not happen this time. He was not on there. Five Lions defensive men were behind Richard Rodgers, who jumps up, secures the Hail Mary pass from Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, that is, and wins the game for his team and plunging a dagger into my heart. Taking a quick look at the box score for you fantasy owners, the Lions are now 4-8. and eight. Uh, Stafford had 220 yards, two TDs, should have been three, just saying. He overthrew Megatron in the second half there. Abdullah, 13 carries, nary a reception. Joik, ugh, eight carries, five yards, two for 25 through the air. My boy, Theoretic, fairly quiet. Uh, Russ just once for four, but uh, only caught five passes for 27. Lions passing game saw Golden Tate, another Notre Damer, take the lead with 8 for 63. Megatron finished with just three receptions, but some biggies for 44 yards. And, of course, he had the touchdown. Ebron, totally touchdown dependent. Two catches, nine yards, but, of course, he got in the end zone. On the opposing side, Green Bay, now 8 and 4. Rodgers was 273 yards passing, two TDs, one interception. Uh, On the ground, he added another 27 yards, and the big boon for his owners was the additional rushing touchdown. 
On the ground, they did next to nothing. Uh, in fact, Aaron Rodgers was their leading rusher. Starks out carried Lacey. Nine to five, just the way to make a living. But together, they carried it 14 times for 19 yards. That's Starks and Lacey. 19 yards combined. Now, a lot of that was game script. Obviously, if you're down 17 zip early, you're not going to be running the ball a lot. But also a curious contributing factor. Lacey apparently missed curfew Wednesday night when the team was in Detroit. So he was benched for a large portion of the first half. When he did get in, he was largely ineffective. So they didn't really keep going to him if he wasn't getting it done. Uh, Thus, the Green Bay ground game is continuing to frustrate owners. Through the air, it was Richard Rodgers, eight catches for 146 yards, leading the team, and a touchdown. Starks, five catches through the air for 45 receiving yards. Cobb had four catches, just 29 yards. Of course, he got the fluke fumble recovery. Uh, Devontae Adams, also four catches, 21 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Glad we're done with that one. Let's roll on, shall we? And before we do, just want to remind you guys about the Pyro promo that I'm going to do is Pyro Pro. Become a Pyro Pro, and if you join for a year, that's year to date, not when the season ends. You get it for the whole offseason, all of next year, a year from when you sign up. Now, what do you get if you sign up? We've talked about this. Um, You can plug in your players. I believe you get up to 100 guys, so if you're playing in multiple leagues like many of us junkies are, you can plug in all your dudes. You then get newsfeed that Valverde and I are doing. Val does it all week long. I'm adding them on the weekends, especially Sunday, Saturday as well. You get Dogmatica's rankings. You get the write-ups, which I do, as well as Houdini, OC, uh, Fairway K, Kania. And, of course, Stag Party. Um, Of course, you also get the charts, the metrics, all the data-crunching stuff that the nerds love, and the big one is the second opinions from all the Pyro Mind share. Now, folks, there are no more buys left, so we got a full slate of games. Uh, Most leagues are done trading, but, of course, you know, know your league, know your rules. So, without further ado... Huey Lewis in the news and notes. Uh, Arizona. Chris Jensen is on the IR, possible to return as uh, Duke. Mr. Ellington, I presume, is out for week 13. That's going to be a David Johnson call. And uh, stay tuned for that. I'm going to talk about him a little bit later in my DFS play call. Wide receiver. Still issues plaguing these birds. Uh, Fitz and Smoke Brown will go. Both considered probable, but Michael Floyd is indeed questionable. Now, he got in a limited practice today, Friday, December 4th, so he has a very good chance to suit up, but not sure how confident his owners can feel. Going to Atlanta. Freeman is back, baby. Got in a full practice on Friday. Good news for his owners is I think he's going to resume his role just as before. Tammy, still a decent tight end play as White has been basically unreliable. Justin Hardy is now wide receiver three. Why is that, you ask? Leonard Hankerson has indeed been sent to IR as of today. They activated Hester, officially probable, and fourth on the depth chart. Also, of course, Matt Bryant, the kicker, he is out. Baltimore. Tight end, Max Williams is out. Wide receiver Marlon Brown considered doubtful. Of course, we're talking about a Flacco-less Ravens team. Buffalo, T-Mobile, probable. Carlos Williams ruled out, uh, making LaShawn owners smile. Eddie Royal for Chicago Bears, questionable as always. Marquise Wilson uh, has been ruled out officially, so Josh Bellamy will get the bump. At the tight end spot, Zach Miller, officially questionable. He was limited in practice on Friday. Uh, It's good news, of course, for Black Unicorn and his stable of owners. 
Cincinnati Eifert did not practice on Friday. He is officially doubtful. Eifert owners, I'd be making other plans. Cleveland, looking like Austin Davis is going to get the start as Manziel. Gianni will be the backup. Wide receivers three and four for Cleveland. On the depth chart, we're talking Andrew Hawkins and Taylor Gabriel both out, thus bumping up somewhere over the Duane Bow from fifth to third on the depth chart. Boy, just a couple of years ago, that guy was tearing up fantasy and look at what's become of somewhere over the Duane Bow. Denver, of course, still manning less, moving to his old haunt, Indy. You know, nothing big here, but uh, still running without luck. Uh, Their high-end first-round pick, Fildor set, still out. Also, just in case you missed it last week, Bradshaw has been shelved for the season, uh, so they went back to a familiar face in Dan Heron, whom we will discuss in a few. Jacksonville. I hate delivering the news, guys, but Alan Hearns has been ruled out for week 13. Also, Brian Walters questionable. This is one reason that I'm going to be talking about Marquise haven't seen much action all season. Lee, a bit later on. Of course, not that you're playing him, but Gearhart is also out. Kansas City, looking like we are officially running back by committee. Charkandrick West is probable, as is Spencer Ware. And with his play as of late, he has to have earned more touches. Now, what that split is going to be is yet to be determined, uh, but it would make me fade both running backs in DFS and certainly weigh my options in season-long formats. Uh, From the kicker standpoint, not that I'd give too many kicker news and notes, but Santos has a really nice remaining schedule going forward he's available in many a waiver wire just an fyi miami kenny stills is questionable richard matthews he's been ruled out so stay tuned for a Devante parker possible play i'll be talking about him later new england amandola officially questionable uh, he was able to get in a limited practice on friday Now, probably we're not going to know any more until Sunday at the earliest. Of course, Gronk is out making Scott Chandler the waiver wire darling for the tight end position this week. New Orleans, not looking good for Sneed. He is listed as doubtful. The Jets, Darrell Rivas is out, so all of you ODB owners, including myself, can breathe a little easier. (sighs) The Giants, of course, Donnell. He's out, so making Will Ty a decent pickup and play in deeper leagues or the more savvy of leagues. He's an available in 90% of NFL fantasy leagues. Oakland, Taiwan Jones is the number two running back on the depth chart. He's listed as doubtful, so we could see a touch of Hilu. Billy, both Bradford and Ertz are probable and they should indeed play now Ertz is technically listed as the number two tight end on the depth chart behind Brent Selleck Um, another thing to note Ryan Matthews out of course Pittsburgh Martavis Bryant is probable as is Big Ben who got in a full practice all week unfortunately His tight end, Heath Miller, is listed as questionable with a ribbit injury. While he did get in a limited practice today, Friday, uh, Jerry Dulock from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette does not think that the veteran tight end will play. It's going to be pretty touchy for owners as this is an 8.30 Sunday night kickoff time. Now, I picked him up. I had my fingers crossed. I'm going to have to make some other plans, but I got a few tight ends to mention along the way. Seattle, still the Rawls show for the next three or four weeks, so we're basically talking the fantasy football season as Fugly McSkittles indeed had the sports hernia surgery. Ladarius Green for San Diego is probable, still number two back behind Gates. Uh, Moving up the coast in California to San Francisco, 
still drawn. Uh, it's his gig while Carlos is singing the blues. Vance McDonald, not a bad tight end pickup in deeper leagues. He's crossed the paint in each of the last two games. Ten catches in that span. And Gabbert's a bit better than perhaps we thought. And he's got eyes for Vance. Uh, St. Louis, Coach Jeff Everyone look at my mustache Fisher, named Foles the starter. And, of course, kicker Greg Zerline is listed as doubtful. He did not practice on Friday. Tampa Bay, I'm fading Mike Evans. Uh, He's going to be likely shadowed by Desmond Trufant. The last time they squared off in Week 8, Trufant only allowed Evans to catch 30% of his 10 targets. So, yes, three receptions. Evans finished with... 48 yards. Of the three that he did reel in, he gained an additional, wait for it, two yards after the catch. Desmond Trufant ain't no joke. Uh, ASJ has been cleared to play. Now, he's still listed as questionable, but he got into limited practice all week long. He's actually been officially medically cleared. Now, there was a brief time a few weeks ago that he got in full practices. Everybody thought he was going to go. And then Sunday comes, no play Sunday. So I would hold off before ordering any celebration cakes just yet. Don't fill the balloons with helium. Uh, But I'm going to take a closer look at the tight end situation down in Tampa because it's tasty. Tennessee. Antonio still carrying the load out of the backfield. Uh, McCluster's been ruled out, so Bishop Stanky will be indeed RB number two, likely to get some relief work. Uh, Washington, Chris Thompson questionable. Limited in practice on Friday. Today, uh, it would be good news for the Matt Jones owners of the world, myself included. And that is the Huey Lewis and the News and Notes for Week 13. All right, folks, a bit of trivia time. There are four teams that have two wide receivers in the top 24 for PPR through week 12. Can you name the teams and the players? So we're talking power and numbers. Once again, four teams that have a duo of wide receivers that are in the top 24. So we're talking about eight of the top 24 all come from four teams. Can you name them? All right, I'm not going to do the Jeopardy thing. But the four teams. We've got the Jets. Brandon Marshall is sixth in PPR and Decker is 13th. The Jaguars, Allen squared, Robinson is 8th, and Hearns, who again is out, bummer, is 17th. Denver, Demarius, yes, I saw my mama in the stands, Thomas is 11th, and Sanders is 24th. And last but not least, Oakland, Crabtree is 14th, and Amari, the rookie Cooper, is 15th. Now, close, but no Groucho. Arizona, of course, Fitzgerald having just a rejuvenation of a season is fifth in PPR formats. John Brown didn't officially qualify, but he's 26, so just two out of the top 24. And then Indy Hilton is 20th, and Moncrief is number 27. All right, let's move to flex appeal. So here we've got a guy that you can pick up off the waiver wire right now and plug into your flex spot. I've got one for you, and that's Devontae Parker. Richard Matthews, as I mentioned, is out. Kenny Stills is listed as questionable. Um, A lot of my guys I'm going to be talking about are sort of interchangeable. When I talk about my streaming guys or my flex guys, also my DFS, you can flip-flop there. So Parker, he's only 3200 on DraftKings. That's only 200 bucks above the minimum. Now, Parker saw 82% of all offensive snaps last week. The kids uh, double-digit targets. Nearly 66% of Miami's plays are passing. That's the highest percentage in the league. Uh, Miami is top 10 for red zone passing. This week, they face Baltimore. Mm -hmm. 
Who has an atrocious secondary, let's be honest. Only three teams have given up more yards per game to opposing wide receiver number two. So although we've got a very, very short body of work to to count on, we're talking last week basically, Devontae Parker, I think, is he's going to get the opportunity. We saw what he could do in college. He's got that burner speed. Uh, the quarterback situation hasn't been right, but nothing's been right down there. Uh, they fired the coach. Uh, they fired Blazer. And now I think they're going to want to see what they have in their rookie. They, they paid for this guy, so let's see what they've got. And I think they're going to give him the opportunity come week 13. That's Devontae Parker, a guy that is widely available. You can grab him off the waivers right now and plug him into your flex position. All right, let's talk streaming. At the quarterback position, uh, my go-to man... Um, I've been using this cat all year on and off with uh, Big Ben on one of my teams, Fitzpatrick. He's facing the Giants. Now, this cat gets two touchdowns a game like it is business. He has two of the best receivers in the league, as I just mentioned with my trivia time. On top of that, both of the wide receivers, they are top four for wide receiver red zone targets. So on the season, the Jets have 50% of the top four most targeted wide receivers in the red zone. That's insane. Uh, They face the Giants. In the last five weeks, only four teams have given up more goo to opposing wide receivers on a per-game basis. Tight end streaming. Here we go. Originally, I was going to say Cameron Brait. Uh, Cameron faces Atlanta. Now, last week, Brait was a number one tight end. He finished with 10 targets. That's just one behind the most targeted tight end of week 12. Now, with the ASJ, Austin Safarian Jenkins News, I suppose I'm going to gamble on ASJ, although I'm still watching the reports because we've seen this dog and pony show with uh, Jenkins before. He's given the owners a head fake and then not been able to go. He's even had full weeks of practice and not suited up. He's only been partially in practice this week. But again, the difference here is he's medically cleared. The Tampa tight end. Whoever that may be, and I'm sure that you can get Brate or ASJ off the waivers probably Sunday morning. Um, so I'm going to keep my head glued, my eyes glued, keep my head screwed on if I can, and my eyes glued to my TV. Or if you're a Pyro Pro, just plug in these two tight ends and you will get the news feed fed to you to keep your eyes glued to the Pyromaniac website, and we will tell you who is going. Either way, the tight end position against Atlanta is a thing of beauty. They have given up, the Falcons, have given up the sixth most fantasy points to the position on the season. That's great. But next week, Tampa plays the Saints, who have given up the most points in PPR formats to the tight end position through 12 weeks of the season. Both Bray and ASJ are available in over 90% of NFL fantasy leagues. Another reason I'm high on the Tampa tight end, as I mentioned earlier, I'm fading Mike Evans because of the Desmond Trufant factor. He shut him down last time. This could be a great opportunity for guys like Vincent Jackson, who's getting back in the swing of things, and indeed the Tampa tight end. All right, streaming defenses. I love Cincinnati this week. Facing Austin Davis and the Browns. 52% ownership for Cincinnati, so he's available in at least 40%, 48% of leagues. Scored 13 last week. Cincinnati, the defense, scored 13 points last week, has not allowed an opposing running game to go for over 100 total rushing yards since week 8. That's total rushing yards. Um, According to NumberFire's metric, which adjusts for schedules for fantasy points allowed, Cleveland ranks 32, 
meaning they are giving up the most according to number fire metric. Now, if you look at another site we go to often, FF Today, Cleveland is top four or just 0.3 out of first place, basically giving up the most points to that position. So depending on where you look, we're talking about minute differences in degrees of terrible. Either way, Cleveland is terrible. Uh, so I really like Cincy. Cleveland on average rushes for less than 75 yards per game. No other team in the NFL puts up a lower number. They have the fifth fewest passing attempts in the league. Uh, Cleveland has the most lost fumbles, and Cincinnati is a away favorite. They are 2-0 and when they are away favorites, and I think it's going to be 3-0 and after this week. So, to recap my streams at the defense, I like Cincy. My tight end, I'm taking the Tampa tight end, whether that be Brait or ASJ. Stay tuned, Pyro Pro members. I won't let you down. I'll let you know. And then, of course, at the quarterback position, I'm streaming Fitzpatrick, as always, baby. All right, too weak, too early, to pick up. In other words, the hashtag, the number two, C-U-B-E-D, two cubed. Give me Alex Smith. Faces Baltimore in week 15. He's, he's got a decent, decent game this week, but it gets better um, in week 15. Week 14 is a struggle. Uh, week 15 faces Baltimore. On the season, on a points-per-game basis, Baltimore is number two for opposing quarterbacks to most points given up. Then week 16, the championship in most fantasy leagues, at least it should be in yours, they face Cleveland uh, on the season they've given up the seventh most so got a really nice championship schedule in weeks 15 and 16 that is Alex Smith again next week he's got a tough one but uh, this is why this is the two week too early to pick up um, at the running back spot give me some boom Heron baby he resigned resigned with the Colts last week so he's in a familiar system he was there last year uh, he's, he was there last two years. He is the number two back as Bradshaw has been shelved for this season. He is, of course, behind Gore, whom his own coach referred to as beat to crap. Uh, last year with Indy, Heron carried the ball 78 times and averaged 4.5 yards a carry. Eh, last guy I'm going to mention here, Kamar Aiken. Um, it's a tough matchup in week 14 versus Seattle. I'm a bit reticent to bring him up, what with their shaky quarterback situation. But in weeks 15 and 16 of the fantasy playoffs, he faces two top 10 wide receiver friendly defenses in Kansas City and Pittsburgh. He is still available in over 50% of leagues, uh, totaling nearly 80% of all offensive snaps in the last two weeks. He's receiving nearly 24% of the team's total targets. Only 11 wide receivers had more targets the last two weeks. Uh, in the last three games, Kamar Aiken has over 200 yards and two touchdowns. So perhaps he is a 14-team league play in weeks 14 and 15. Or uh, weeks 15 and 16, excuse me. Now, my tip of the week before I get to the daily dose... Uh, you know I mention this all the time, but using Vegas. Using Vegas numbers like implied team point totals, using the total point spreads to inform your fantasy decisions to, can turn into fantasy goo. Things to look for. I mentioned the implied team point totals. Little math required on your part, or you can go to some of the uh, the paid sites or even some really good free sites. But basically, you take the over-under, and then you look at the uh, point spread, and then you can figure out the implied team point total. Uh, things to look for besides the Im implied team point total, uh, things that can give you some insight as to game script game flow you know will there be lots of passing and points or is it going to be a ball control low scoring defensive tilt also i'm looking for home favorites this is big for stacking defenses and running backs in dfs which i'm a big proponent of 
um, looking for high over-unders to see where the scoring will be. Uh, that's a great one. Now, with that said, some teams that are some matchups, I should say, that kind of jumped off the radar at me this week. Games of possible interest. The Bears, they're home to the 49ers. The Bears are seven-point favorites. The 49ers have an implied team point total of 17.5, according to Numberfire. The Bears' running game could be a nice play here. Certainly the defense against Gabbert and the 49ers. Now, I must say Gabbert has been better than what we have assumed, but it's nothing that's killer. It's some stuff over the middle. Vance McDonald, again, not a bad tight end play, but they're not going to roll out a bunch of points here. I think Vance has a decent floor. He doesn't have much of a ceiling. Uh, I don't think 49ers are going to put up 20 points, and that's why the Bears, favored by seven, are a decent defensive play, perhaps a running back by committee play as well. Uh, The big one, though, that jumped off to me is the Patriots. They are home to the Eagles. The Pats are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. According to Number Fire, the Eagles will score about 19 points. Vegas has the over-under set at 49 so there's going to be points aplenty here for the Patriots. Another big scoring game is the Indy versus Pittsburgh. This one is set at 48.5. Pittsburgh is seven-point favorites. So this is a pit home game. It's Big Ben under the bright lights of Sunday night. All of America will be watching I like action on both sides of this one. If Indy's playing from behind, they're going to put up the points. I think Big Ben, he's going to be back. He's going to put up points. He's got the wide receivers to do it. This is going to be high scoring and fantasy plays on both sides of the table. Uh, Before I drop the daily dose, which I know many of you love, let me just take a moment to have another Valverde and talk a bit about our premier partner. That's right, I am drinking some Founders Brew. One of my favorite seasonal flavors is the Harvest Ale. This liquid dream pours a hazy golden straw color with white two-finger head. Your first sip rewards you with a super juicy hop presence bursting with fresh citrus then finishes to introduce toasted malt undertones. Now, as many of you know, I am an IPA proponent. Centennial is my go-to brew. This is a close second, their Harvest Ale. If you want to find a Founders retailer near you, all you got to do, guys, is head to our website. Click the Founders logo right at the top, and it's going to bring you to a page. On this page, all you got to do is enter your zip code, and then from there, it will tell you the bar's restaurants, grocers in your neck of the woods that's selling Founders Craft Brew. Mm-mm, good. They are a brewery with soul as Pyromaniac is a fantasy football company with soul. All right. Let's get down to brass tacks and let's talk the Daily Dose, shall we? Just because the following players, I've said this before, Just because they are listed on the Daily Dose does not mean you can't stream these guys, but they may not be as readily available. Either way, these are nice plays this week. Cammy Newstacks, baby. Cam Newton. Now, by the DraftKings metrics, his opponent is ranked number 32 against opposing quarterbacks. That's none other than the New Orleans Saints. Now, the last time Cammy Nostags has faced New Orleans, he put up his third best game of the year, 29.9 points. Besides Brandon Freegan Whedon, the Saints have allowed every single quarterback they've faced to throw multiple touchdowns or to put up multiple touchdowns against them. I believe there was one cat that ran for one and threw for one. They have two super shaky corners. Now we're talking New Orleans. Cornerback Delvin Brew, B-R-E-A-U-X. Your guess is as good as mine. Although PFF actually grades him out with high marks, 
he has personally surrendered eight touchdowns to wide receivers. No other cornerback has given up more. He has allowed 598 yards to wide receivers. That is the 10th most from all cornerbacks. The other corner that they are trotting out is Brandon Browner. You know I've talked about him before. PFF grades him as the second worst cornerback in coverage. Browner has the third most missed tackles from the position. Um, earlier I mentioned Bro as a as giving up the 10th most yards. You want to know who's giving up the 8th most yards? Ding, ding. Brandon Browner. He's not the second worst rated cornerback in the league for nothing, folks. So this is who Cami Nostacks will be seeing in the secondary. On top of that, I call him Cami Nostacks because you don't have to plug in a wide receiver with him. I'm a big proponent of doing stacking a wide receiver and a quarterback together if one hits the other is likely to hit but you can get some really unique roster constructions when you have a quarterback like cam newton and you're not tied to a wide receiver if you look at most of the winning lineups on dfs sites they are stacking quarterbacks and wide receivers many of them are stacking running backs and defenses as well not as much as the quarterback and wide receiver position but you can get some really unique roster constructions when you put up a guy like cam newton because you're not tied down to his wide receivers and really with carolina you just don't know who is exactly going to hit so with cam Another big benefit is his legs. He's got seven rushing touchdowns on the season. No other quarterback has more. Uh, He leads all quarterbacks in rushing yards as well with 427. My DFS running back. You saw this one coming. David Johnson. Dude is only 3,400 on DraftKings. This is going to save you some coin. Only 400 over the minimum price. And he's going to get... I'm guessing 22 to 25 touches. We've got CJ2K is out. The Duke Ellington is out. They've got no one else to go to. David Johnson's going to be the man. I'm thinking 22, 25 touches. Now, out of running backs that have garnered at least 50 touches on the season, he leads them all with 1.48 fantasy points per touch. For a frame of reference, Devonta Freeman is the highest scoring back in the league He averages 0.857 fantasy points per touch. The number one running back in the league averages 0.857, and David Johnson is 1.48. Now, certainly, that's not going to continue. David Johnson only has 54 touches on the season, so we're talking about a very low slice small slice we don't have much to go with but man when he got the ball in his hands he turned it spun it into fantasy gold Um, I know those numbers are a little skewed but if you look at it a little further he scored a touchdown almost every eight times he touched the ball 7.7 touches in fact In every 7.7 touches, this dude scores a touchdown. It's not going to live up. Touchdowns are the most difficult thing to predict, but still. He has shown amazing glimmers of talent, and now he has the opportunity of his young career. Moving over to the wide receiver spot. Now, I heard uh, D-Rex call out stags a bit earlier, not wanting to give up all the secrets, not wanting uh, the listeners to peek behind the curtain. So I don't want to give up all my wide receivers. So I'm just going to say this wide receiver goes by Martavis B. No, no, that's too obvious. All right, all right, wait, M. Bryant. Ah, All right, figure that one out, guys. M. Bryant is 5,600 on DraftKings. He faces Indiana. Only five teams allow more yards per game to opposing wide receiver number twos. Now, besides Pittsburgh, only three teams have a higher implied team point total this week. Pitt and Mark Davis, Brian, is expected to score nearly 28 points. That's 28 points implied total for Pittsburgh. Bryant has played in six games this season and found pay dirt five 
times in standard leagues. Mr. Martavis Bryant leads all wide receivers in fantasy points per game. He averages 15. So on a per game basis in standard, he leads all other wide receivers. Not total points, because again, he's only played six games. But on a per game basis, standard leagues, better than the rest, 15 points. Now in PPR, on a per game basis, he comes in at 8th. He's got 19.5 there. He's ahead of guys like Jarvis Landry in PPR points per game. Alshon Jeffrey, Allen Robinson, Mike Evans. Some surprising names, I thought. My other wide receiver pick besides Martavis Bryant is T.Y. Hilton. He faces Antoine Blake. Um, Antoine, Antoine is consistently in the bottom three, according to PFF's rating. He has personally given up 820 yards to opposing wide receivers. That is the most in the league by a cornerback. He also leads the league in missed tackles with 23 missed tackles. He is the second most picked on cornerback. He's been thrown at 88 times. And of those 88, he has allowed nearly 70% to go for a completion. When quarterbacks throw at his receiver, they average 112 QBR rating. As I said earlier, the Pittsburgh Indy game, I am all over because of the Vegas number. It's one of the highest over-unders of the week. I like both sides. Pitt is only a seven-point favorite. That means they could likely be a shootout. I'm taking wide receivers on both sides, Martavis and T.Y. The tight end, all right, this is no surprise. Scott Chandler, ding, ding, easy one. Uh, easily the cash game play of the week. Not so much in GPP. In cash game, I mean, he's so cheap. 2,500. But in GPP, I'm fading him. Uh, I want to go more contrarian. Everybody's going to be on him, and I want to set myself apart. Um, He's only 2,500, though, on DraftKings. That's the league minimum for a tight end. Patriots uh, expected to score nearly 32 points as the highest of the week. Now, I know the Eagles. They are tough against the position. But if you're hoping for 3x value, that's three times their cost. We are talking just shy of eight points. I mean, I think he can manage four catches and 40 yards, to say the least, without Gronk. Brady went straight to him last week. 11 targets. That led all, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that was second. No other tight end had more targets in week 12. And that wasn't even in a full game. He made up 26% of Brady's throws. So he collected 26% of the Patriot targets last week. Everybody's darling, Scott Chandler. Great price, great cash play. Finally, my defense special teams. I'm sticking with the Pats, baby. They're facing the Eagles, who welcome back Bradford. In the nine games Bradford has played, or, you know, eight and a half, basically, he only had two multi-touchdown performances. His highest implied, this is the highest implied team point total of the week, 32 for the Patriots. But they're facing an Eagles team who have the lowest implied team point total of the week, uh, just over around 18, I should say. Um There is the embarrassment factor as well. After seeing their undefeated season go up in flames last week to a Manning-less Broncos team, the Pats could very well be out for blood. Wild Bill is a bit egotistical, and I think he's egotistical enough to slam the pedal down as if to say, Chip who? So I'm really liking the Patriots' defense here. I think they might just murder them. Um, and last but not least, the what you talking about, Willis Call. This is the one where I look for a guy who is a league minimum play on DraftKings. So we're talking $3,000 for a wide receiver or a running back. What you talking about, Willis? It's a bit of a gamble. I hinted at him earlier, but it has to do with opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. Marquise Lee. 
Alan Hearns, as I mentioned, is out. Questionable for Jacksonville. Walters, who is their number four wide receivers, and Sterling, who is their number six. Um, All of this injury in question bumps Lee to the number two spot behind Allen Robinson this week. According to Football Outsiders, the Titans, who they play, rank 31st in their metric against opposing wide receiver number twos. The corner he's going to be matched up against is Bleedy Ray Wilson. Now, this cat has missed a handful of games this year. He's been horrific. Last year, in 2014, he was consistently one of the worst cover corners ranked by PFF, and he's going to be going up against Marquise Lee. It is a fantastic opportunity, and for $3,000, I think you can afford it. And that's going to open up so many more plays for you at other positions. It's almost a punt play because, I mean, who can't get nine points and that's all you need out of Marquise. I think he's going to get it. The the Jags are throwing enough. Uh, Robinson is going to be, of course, drawing the main focus, which should leave Lee sitting nice and pretty with a golden opportunity. Hey guys, that is wrapping it up for me. This has been the Pyrolite Podcast. As always, give me a follow on Twitter. I am at PyromaniacMo. And be a good Samaritan, will you? Uh, I know many of you guys are digging what Pyro is slinging. Please go on to iTunes, leave us a review, give us a subscription. It is our best way to find new ears. Uh, It's one thing you can do to help us out. We haven't had a review in a while, so if you like us, if you follow what Pyro says, if you chuckle once in a while and you get some good fantasy advice, it's all cool in the gang. Please leave us a review. We certainly would appreciate it. Good karma for you. All right, guys. uh, Next week, I'm handing the reins over for episode 21. I've got to go to the Batcave to do some... uh, top secret work, but I will be back for episode 22. Until then, you all take care of one another, and I will see you on the flip side. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.